When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Download the 77 WABC mobile app now. now. Get the latest news and information. Listen to your favorite shows and podcasts anywhere you go. Available now on Google Play and in the App Store. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This, this is the news and talk station of New York with Greg Jelly. Real, real New York 77 WABC. New York, uh, let's see, 2022 is almost two weeks old tomorrow. It's my brother's birthday tomorrow, January 14th. I always thought I got the better end of the deal. It was before Christmas and uh, something nice about having your birthday in December. January, not as much, but uh, happy birthday, Jimmy. Happy birthday, Richard Nixon, another Capricorn born in January. Uh, Sleeping not so well. I don't know if you have this problem, but... My building, it's very cold out right now, so I guess they're turning the heat up, and all of the pipes are shaking. They're shaking. I went to the drugstore last night to buy earplugs, silicon earplugs uh, recommended to me, like little putty you put in your ears. And the person at the store said, you're like the fifth person who's come in asking for those. What's going on? And I'm like, I am? So everybody's pipes are acting up. Is that a thing? I've never heard of it before, but the pipes are acting all kinds of weird. They shake for about 12 seconds, and they stop for five, and they shake for like 19 seconds, and then they stop for 10. It's not even like a, a rhythm that you can get used to. They're always changing it up, the pipes, the war. I think it's the pipes. Thank God I had the super come up with me. I'm like, can you hear this thing? And then, of course, it it wasn't shaking. <laughs> 30 seconds went by, and finally he starts looking at me. I'm telling you, it happened. Then, then it happened. So I'm not a crazy person. Hey, uh, ooh, large and in charge. Eric Adams. Boy, oh, boy, I'll give you this. He looks great. Doesn't sound that great. And he ain't that great. But I'll tell you what. When he puts on that suit and tie, here, but let me listen to this real quick. This is Mayor Adams live right now. In terms of the oversight that it has over these uh, properties. Oh, so, so let's 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 do um, deal with... Um, uh, you know, the two questions. What? The first one was dealing with eviction. It was just a long question. I lost the first part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Con- all right. All right. Yeah, you know what I mean? He's a mess and he doesn't know what he's doing. He tried to make his brother the deputy in charge of the New York City Police Department wrong. He doesn't know how the police department works. He doesn't know how the city works. But I'll tell you what, he looks great in a suit. He's got a brand new suit and a brand new tie. And you look at him like, wow, this guy's impressive. You know, quite frankly, my dad walks in with a suit and a tie. Talk about a guy who knew how to dress. That's impressive. And then you say, well, let's see your resumes, fellas. And then you see a really checkered weirdo past uh, for uh, Eric Adams. Uh, In and out of trouble. Uh, Only guy who boasts about getting beat up by the police department. I mean, what the hell was he doing back then? Uh, always causing trouble in the police department, always accusing it of racism, but always really just looking to hook up his friends with little jobs here and there. Meanwhile, Ray Kelly, graduate of Harvard University, 
St. John's Law School, NYU Law School, two law degrees, combat veteran of Vietnam, 30-plus every single job you could have in the police department he had, twice New York City police commissioner, and now you got this guy as your mayor. <laughs> Just okay. But he looks great in a suit, and that makes certain people go wild. But even there, like, uh, is this guy uh, – I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I don't think so. Miracles happen, but uh, not impressed. I am not. I know for for like eight minutes he said, like, we should be tough on crime. As if that's like, ooh, what a breakthrough. I guess in today's crazy Democrat uh, woke culture it is, but he changed his tune on that all the time. Now he's playing footsie and has been playing footsie with Alvin Bragg. You know, all that Black Lives Matter crap, all that glorification of George Floyd, who did not deserve to die, but... You know, he was a criminal. He was always in trouble. He had committed violent crimes in his past. Should not have died that day. Should not have been treated by the police that way. However, at one point, yes, the police were actually trying to help the guy. (laughs) They don't tell you this. They don't show you this. But he was having a panic attack in the backseat of the car, so they let him out. Then he begged to be put on the ground, so they did. And then Chauvin, very strange individual, But there is a manual, the Minneapolis Police Department, that said if you want to subdue a guy, put your knee on his neck. It actually says that in black and white in some manual. I did not write it, but I would suppose that he read it. Maybe that's one of the reasons why he was so nonchalant. Anyway, that horrible thing happens, and the result is (laughs) I go to the drugstore at 10 o'clock on a – what night was last night? Wednesday night to – Well, I had to get those earplugs I told you about. And then I dropped by the candy aisle. All the candy is under lock and key. Like they were, you know, diamonds or watches or uh, Gillette razor blades. You know how expensive Gillette razor blades? They learned that lesson a long time ago. You got to keep them locked up. Sometimes you keep them behind the counter because those razor blades are small, expensive, and very, very stealable. But I never thought of a big bag of M&Ms as being, uh, you know... That coveted, that desire that anybody would bother to steal it. I mean, kids steal anything, I guess. But, uh, well, now that we have decriminalized virtually everything, just don't be violent about it, and you can have it. You won't go to jail, so why not? So people are showing up with shopping bags full of stuff, loading it up, and leaving the store. Well, the stores, what do they do? They can't have this. And this is going to hurt them in the long run. They had to spend a lot of money to install these plastic barriers that need a lock and key. I'm not talking about the COVID barriers. You can see it on my, not my Instagram, what is it? My Twitter, at Greg Kelly USA. This is footage taken by me last night at 10 o'clock. <laughs> I'm on the candy aisle and I got a call for help. They have to unlock the licorice. Is that the craziest? It's just, uh, here, let me, what did I write here? When I go to the drugstore for a 10 p.m. candy binge, I want to deal with as few people as possible. It's true. I want to get in and out. That's the one time I want to use the machine and not deal with anybody. But look at this situation. All the good candy is under lock and key. Defund the cops, and now I got a call for help on aisle five to get them to unlock the licorice. Thanks a lot, BLM. And they're like, well, how the hell can you blame BLM for this? Absolutely. That's socialist, anti-family, anti-cop, mob, that sanctified violence, that intimidated corporate America, stigmatized cops, inhibited cops, canceled cops. 
I blame BLM. I blame Antifa. I blame the left-wing crazy media. I blame the weak politicians who went along with it. And this is a real-world thing. Yeah, is it the inconvenience of the century? No, but it's a sign. It is a sign that the criminals and the nutjobs are winning. Speaking of criminals and nutjobs, homeless people. Uh, I'm not talking about homeless who are living in shelters or anything like that. That's quite frankly, in my book, that's not homeless. I'm talking about nut jobs who are on the street in the gutter lying there. And maybe nut job is a little bit insensitive, and I'm sorry, but these folks have serious mental problems. If you find yourself on the street, it's not because of the economy. It's because of you. There's something going on. And it may not even be your fault. Mental illness is a real thing. It can afflict any family, and it's terrible. And why do I bring this? I just saw a video of a guy who uh, wanted to do the right thing. It's one of those moments, and you've seen this before. Maybe you've heard of Officer Larry DePrimo. This happened seven years ago. I'll never forget it, though. It's a police officer in Times Square, and there's a homeless guy without shoes. And DePrimo, Officer DePrimo, goes into the store and buys him a pair of boots and, and is putting them on his feet. This is for this is one of the first like really viral moments. I don't think I don't know if we were really calling them viral moments back then, but somebody snapped a picture and this cop was not doing it for the pictures. It was you can tell he didn't even know he was being photographed. You can look it up. Lawrence DePrimo, homeless guy. Lawrence is the cop and I actually got to meet him seven years ago. I have not seen him since. I don't want to hurt his career. But it was an amazing moment. Uh, but, but it's not a moment you should try yourself. Uh, Officer DePrimo had a gun, had equipment, had authority, had judgment. You know, if anything went wrong with this homeless guy, and believe me, there's a real chance it could have, he'd be ready. You are not going to be ready. If you're not a cop, if you're not trained in this kind of stuff, if you don't have a gun, if you don't have a weapon. Shouldn't be messing with these homeless folks on the street. And by the way, they're getting very, very aggressive, some of them, which is a form of robbery. When they come up and start saying, can you give me a dollar? Well, uh, I don't know about that. (laughs) I used to say no, which was kind of smug and jerkish on my part. But I heard I learned this from Ed Koch, quite frankly. Ed Koch on Nightline in like 1980, when the hell was it, 89 or so. It was about the Central Park Five, and somehow it came up homelessness. And he said, look, if you give them a buck, you're going to make yourself feel good, but it's probably going to go to drugs or alcohol. And he was right. It always stayed with me. And the more time you spend hanging around a homeless guy in the street, you don't know what the hell's going to happen. So you can go to my Twitter again, at Greg Kelly USA. I put up this video of a guy who's, uh, I guess, trying to do the right thing, although it's not. He takes off his coat and puts it on a sleeping homeless man on the ground. And you can say, what a wonderful thing to do. Well, no. Uh, I've seen people in freezing conditions before myself. I don't go near them. What I do, I've done this at least... Well, it's been a while, but it's the last time I saw somebody who was like, who I thought was going to possibly succumb to exposure, die of exposure. I called. I can't remember now if I called. I think I think I might have called nine one one because it was that cold. 
911 or 311. If it's really, really super cold, you may want to call 911. Somebody could freeze to death if they're not dressed appropriately or whatever. You got to call somebody and let them handle it. You don't handle it. So this guy tried to handle it. He gives him a coat. The guy's lying on the ground. He, but not I, okay. If you're going to give the guy a coat, just throw it on him or something. You know what I mean? Keep your distance. He goes in like he's tucking in a 12 year old for bed. He's like putting it around him, making sure he's all covered up. All of a sudden, the guy wakes up and starts kicking the hell out of the would-be Good Samaritan. I mean, fighting back. And right away, he starts trying to take his wallet, which he does. Gets away with his wallet. uh, And this guy, apparently, people have been trying to help him for like four days. And he's been going nuts on anybody who does it. I think, by the way, he's back out on the streets uh, because no weapon was involved. And when it came to that robbery, it was only petty larceny. Okay, so let's give him another chance. Be careful out there. Stay away from those guys. It's a good idea. I know it's insensitive. Sometimes it's hard to walk by, but it's better for you, and it's actually better for them. Be right back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. All right, one other thing about Eric Adams. Man, oh, man, he does not know when to shut up. It's a 45-minute press conference. He's suffering, I think, a little bit from overexposure, still pinching himself that he's the mayor. And when he talks, uh, it just ain't that impressive. I'm sorry, impressive-looking guy. The resume's uh, a bit thin. And when it comes to uh, the substance, well, uh, let's uh, let's listen. Every New Yorker, uh, and I want to stress that, every New Yorker has a right to legal counsel. If you need it, we want to be here to provide that legal counsel for you. And we're going to do it free, regardless of your zip code, uh, regardless of if you are employed or not. We want to give you the support that you deserve. I've talked about this over and over again, uh, day one. Uh, as I campaigned and as I uh, became the mayor of the city, uh, this is not only professional, it's personal. I know what yeah. it is to live on the verge of here homelessness, something that my family experienced. That's your problem. And I know the trauma of going into a building like this with the uncertainty, are you going to leave without your home or without a roof on your head all right so you get a lawyer if you can't afford one i think i saw that on dragnet in 1968 uh joe friday you read you're the guy that writes right you have the right to remain silent you have the right to an attorney if you can't afford an attorney one will be appointed right is that's kind of like basic america basic municipal practice (laughs) if you can't afford a lawyer you get one right and here, he, th- this is how shallow and dim the guy is. He doesn't know the basics about American life. He's just been running around hustling everybody for a long time. Uh, look at me. I'm, I can wear a necktie. I want to hear that one more time. Listen to that verse part. How many police shows have you seen? All right? You have the right to an attorney. If you can't afford an attorney, the court will appoint one for you. All right? Right? But no, it's Mayor Adams. He's going to do that for you. He invented this. Just ask him. Every New Yorker, uh, and I want to stress that, every New Yorker has a right to legal counsel. If you need it, we want to be here to provide that legal counsel Thank for you. you. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you. Yeah. Legal Aid Society has been around for a million years. All right. Pro bono work is around. Just, I mean, okay. 
One more city agency is going to uh, help us, right? Let's just hire a few more people. That's going to get the job done. Uh, Free lawyers. Free lawyers. Talk about innovation. There's another scammer out there. Oh, yes, and she's making news all over again, although I'm starting to feel sorry for her. Kamala Harris, Kamala, our vice president, went on the fake news today, and even the fake news was mystified by her performance. Uh, Craig Melvin, who is like the number one guy in television these days, uh, NBC News, and perfectly nice guy, actually very able broadcaster. Um, He is Mr. Television now. Let me hear a little bit of this. What happened? At what point does the administration say, you know what, the strategy isn't working? We're going to change strategies. Six former administration officials last week wrote that open letter urging the administration to change course, to change strategy. Is it time? It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to agree that there are things and tools that are available to us to slow this thing down. Um, there is time for us to be doing what we are doing every day. Uh, they're talking about COVID, and maybe it's time to uh, pivot the strategy or whatever. It's uh, Okay, it's gibberish. She doesn't know what's going on. I watched it. She looks a little bit... Well, I've said it before because I've heard it before from very well-placed government sources... People in the intelligence community, people in government and just newly removed from government or left government, tell me that she has an issue with drugs and alcohol and or alcohol, I should say. Something's going on. And if you watch that, if you ever had a problem with addiction, ever had a pro- been around anybody with addiction, uh, I think she's got an issue and I hope she gets help. All right. What else happened this morning, please? Are we going to uh, to see the same Democratic ticket in 2024? I'm sorry. We are thinking about today. I mean, honestly, the, I, I, I know why you're asking the question, because this is the part of the punditry and the, right. the gossip around places like Washington, D.C. Let me just tell you something. We're focused on the things in front of us. We're focused on what we need to do. To, to address issues like affordable child care, what we need to do to ensure So there have been that, no conversations that, about 2024? Uh, the American people sent uh, us here to do a job, and right now there's a lot of work to be done. Well, you got to get the part where is it next about Liz Cheney, because this guy actually brings it up. Because uh, we hear that that Biden is thinking about Liz Cheney, and he asked that. So do me a favor, get that part of the. All right, try it. Give me what's next. The 500 million tests oh, no. that have been right. ordered that are going to be. You can listen to that. What the hell? No, when those are going out. Shortly, though they're going to go out shortly. Next They've week, been ordered. Or? They've been ordered. We, I have to look at the current information. I think it's going to be by next week, but soon, absolutely soon, and it is a matter of urgency for us. Should we have done that sooner? We are doing it. But should we have done it sooner? We are doing it. They don't talk like real people because they're always afraid of uh, being quoted and taken out of context and whatever. But that is what results. She doesn't want to say, well, we should be do- we should have done it sooner because then that's a headline. You know, oh, they should have done it sooner in the fake news. Is- they are jerky that way. But boy, oh, boy, talk about somebody who's in over her head. No wonder why Biden is clearly thinking about replacing her. And yes, it's rumored to be Liz Cheney, Republican, daughter of Dick. How about that, Joe? Joe Biden is going to dump Kamala Harris for Liz Cheney. That Joe is really something else. Zero loyalty, 
He's not loyal to the USA. He sold us out to China. Uh, not loyal to his dog. He gave Major away. And not loyal to the Veep. You know what? Joe Biden would not make it in my military, especially the Marine Corps, where our motto is Semper Fi, always faithful. Be right back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. One of the greatest moments in the history of the world, possibly the greatest moment in the history of the planet. Well, not the I'm talking about things not directly related to Jesus. I think this is one of the greatest things that ever happened. All right. Neil Armstrong, astronaut and Buzz Aldrin, right after they got to the moon, Neil gets out of uh, the eagle. The eagle has landed. They hung around for about. You know, they were supposed to take a nap as soon as they got there. They weren't supposed to come out of the capsule for like three hours. They were supposed to go to sleep for two hours. But they were all keyed up, and they're like, come on, we just, we want to go outside. We want to get this thing. So they they let them uh, skip the nap and uh, and leave the capsule and, and walk on the moon. And what did Neil Armstrong say when he did it? What was his the very first words, that iconic phrase? It's one small step for man. One small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. How beautiful is that? How amazing. What a beautiful thing. There's some mystery as to, did he make it up on the spot? Did he come up with it early? No one really knows for sure. One giant leap for mankind. Now, what could be wrong with that? Oh, welcome to 2022. Neil Armstrong's statement, politically incorrect, as is the word mankind. Now, it's not just some... Some kook up at Columbia in the English department coming up with this. It's one of the most powerful and important companies in the world. Microsoft has officially, officially started highlighting such words as mankind and warning you, Microsoft consumer, that you may want to think about another word. So let's say you're typing along in a, a Word document. Word is the most ubiquitous, uh, most used uh, word processing program in the universe, and even more so than Apple. I know Apple is big too, but no, this thing is bigger. And you can sometimes put a word on Apple. If you write the word mankind, well, number one, (laughs) it suggests you find another word. They have a new system. You know, if you misspell a word, they'll uh, underline it in red. Or if you write a sentence that is not grammatically correct, Say you use the wrong verb, you use is when you're supposed to use are, they'll highlight it in green. Now, if you use a word that they think is somehow exclusionary or not inclusive enough, it will underline it and highlight it in purple, a new color, purple for Microsoft Word, purple. It highlights the word mankind, and then it says, this is a, this you should change your word, find a gender-neutral term that would be more inclusive. And they suggest humankind, humanity, not mankind, part of the greatest moment ever. There's a whole list of words now that will be flagged in the privacy of your home because they don't want things such as age bias, cultural bias, ethnic slurs, gender bias, gender-neutral pronouns are preferred, gender-specific language, racial bias, sexual orientation bias, uh, Is that wild or what? 
you're typing away, hey, some of the best comedy ever created is politically incorrect. Eddie Murphy, anybody? Raw? Anybody ever see that guy? It's a masterpiece. Yes, I know it's deeply offensive. And I'm, look, I love the Honeymooners. I love the Honeymooners, yet somehow I still find Eddie Murphy's Raw hilarious. I think that was the name of his second one, Hilarious. Delirious. Eddie Murphy's awesome. Comedy is great. We are trying to engineer comedy. We're trying to engineer thought. Stay the freaking hell out of it, Bill Gates and you other geeks up there, as you try to force this vaccine on us, and who knows what the hell else you're doing. Who the hell knows what else they're doing? These big tech guys, I think it's time to break up Microsoft all over again. Get Joel Klein on the phone, the former school's chancellor. Remember him? You know, he was a a big-time lawyer. He is a big-time lawyer, and he worked on the case back in 2000 to break up Microsoft because it was getting too big and too powerful. And same goes for these other big tech guys, Twitter, whatnot. Oh, but Joe Biden, uh, he's down with big tech. He's down with, oh, gosh, what do they have on him, and what does he have on big tech? I don't know. Mm, Something's not right. The privacy of your home, if you want to say something, if you want to write something, and they're going to reach into your computer and try to change your thinking. You may say, well, I, uh, give me a break. How often do I write the word mankind? That's no big deal. I'll change it if they want. I don't want to, I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want, you know what? I want to offend people. Life is supposed to be uncomfortable. If you want to be comfortable, stay in bed. Well, I have to go out and work. Well, you know what? You could downsize if you really wanted to. If you want to you want to live, you got to live. You can't be afraid of offending people all the time. Yes, you got to people with treat people with respect. You can't yell your head off at people and boy, boy oh boy, I have to be reminded of that from time to time. Although people uh, sometimes pipe off at me. Quite a bit, actually. Pamela in central New Jersey. Welcome back. Oh, hello. Um, just to be on the cautious side, you might want to check into the uh, structural integrity of your building, maybe a structural engineer, because sometimes a building, uh, when it's uh, rumbling like that, means that something could be going uh, wrong with the structure of the building if you're in like a... Well, what am I supposed to do? Building? Call an architect? I mean, first things first, I got to call the super. Well, I, I mean, I wouldn't, you know, not to be uh, alarmist. terrible to be a super, an alarmist or anything, but maybe like a city inspector. You know, they have machines. They can, if the, if the super doesn't know what it is, if he doesn't know if it's the, uh, you know, the boiler, well, then huh, I would find out what it was. You think because, it's going uh, to fall down? Uh, 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 you know, could be, could be if it's rumbling like that. And uh, buildings have been known to do that just before they go kaput. Gee whiz. Uh, yikes. I don't think so. When's the last time a building just fell down? I'm trying to think. Oh, oh. shoot. In Miami. Right? Exactly. Yeah, that building just yep. went down. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, let's get the Department of the Buildings on the phone. They still have yeah, one of those, started, right? Um. Uh, oh, yeah. You can get an engineer, and every town usually has one, an engineer. Yeah, put you and, on the waiting uh, list. It, well, I would say... If the super doesn't know what it is, well, then you're on your own. You well, have to find out. I told you I, I, I've I alerted the super, but the doorman was the guy who checked it out with me. So, you know, he's going to tell the super, and hopefully uh, 
Uh, you know what? They don't have an engineering degree. And, you know, uh, people heard rumblings in that Miami situation before it went. I mean, you know, and it's happened in New York, too, before a facade is fallen off a building, like the bricks went, people heard rumbling. It sounds like an earthquake type thing. I and looked it up. My building is this. my building is uh, is uh, 80 years old. It's fine. It's not going anywhere. I can feel it. It's a it's a solid building. It's well, not... sometimes those 80. Would years you stop old trying to make me all worried about this? I just want to sleep. Well, I'm I'm going to make you sleep by checking it You're out. Sleep. <laughs> you say I'm going to go to sleep forever if I don't get this thing fixed. All right, Pamela. Uh, thank you. I am gonna. I uh, thank th- thank you. Yeah, shoot. Could the build the building's not gonna fall down. Then again, the all right. I got to I got to take it seriously. There is a department of the buildings, and uh, oh, I shouldn't have brought it up. Now I'm all edgy. Okay. Uh, what is the deal? I have to. Yes, I'll be right back. Bye. A station built just for you. Entertaining talk, information, and New York opinions. Shut up! The world famous and American original. Talk Radio 77 WABC and WABCRadio.com. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect the policies or positions of WABC Radio, its management, or its sponsors. Individual rates, coverage, offerings, and savings may vary, subject to terms and conditions not available in all areas. If you're a small business owner, listen up. Pi Insurance wants to give you one of those aha moments, the kind that could save you money. Workers' comp is probably one of the biggest costs you face. But did you know that insurance providers have flexibility in setting their prices? That's right. But many don't bother giving small businesses the savings you deserve. Instead, you can get lumped in with other businesses and overcharged. Pi Insurance was created to change that. With Pi, you get a quote tailored specifically to your business, and you could save up to 30% with no hassle and no hidden fees. And with helpful representatives just to call away, it's easy to understand why Pi is rated excellent by customers on Trustpilot. Take three minutes to see how much you could save with Pi Insurance. Ask your agent for Pi or go to trypi.com. That's T R Y P I E.com. Hey, everybody, the financial fallout from COVID-19 is about to hit home. To pay for mountains in federal aid, the government has printed massive amounts of money, dramatically weakening the U.S. dollar. According to some of the brightest minds on Wall Street, your money is about to hit a wall. That means inflation, reduced purchasing power, and a shrinking portfolio. Mass money printing is a currency killer, and China could not be happier. Call now for a free copy of The Dollar's Last Stand and learn about debt cycles, hyperinflation, and the dollar's expiration date. Yes, there is one. More importantly, see if you qualify to trade your dollars for gold with an instant $5,000 gold credit. Call one 888 9939332 the chinese virus has crushed the american dollar please don't let it crush you the world's largest hedge fund says diversify right now call 1-888-993-9332 for a free copy of the dollar's last stand and see if you qualify to trade your paper bucks for solid gold with an instant $5000 gold credit This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Some people giving me a hard time for alluding to the obvious that Kamala Harris has 
Well, we all know she has a lot of political problems. I do think, and I have been hearing from top people in a position to know, I wouldn't say it otherwise, that she's got an issue with drugs or alcohol and or alcohol. Uh, We've all been around people like that. You can see it. You can tell it. You can feel it. Here's a little bit from today. Again, there's something going on here. It sounds better than it looks. I'll grant you that. But something is up. I don't know if you've heard that there's been some there's been some talk about a, a, a Biden-Cheney ticket perhaps in 2024. Did you read that article? I did not. I'm, I, no, I did not. And I really could care less about the high-class gossip on these issues. High-class gossip on these issues. I think she should have had a better answer. But... Uh, it's, again, not how she sounded in that moment. It's how she looked. Uh, I think they're beating up on her. I think Jill Biden hates her. I think Joe Biden hates her. They think back to 2019, you know, she was savage. She went savage on those guys. Saying Joe's racist and old right to his face. Right to his face. Really nasty stuff. They don't want her. They want to damage her. And maybe she's running to the bottle. I don't know. It's not the first time we've had this kind of issue in the White House, by the way. Who remembers Betty Ford? Great lady. She came out public with her substance abuse issues. She was a big-time pill popper and drinker. She got help, and then she was able to help a lot of people, a lot of people. And I think that's the direction this is going, by the way. Sooner or later, she's going to have to say, look, I've got this issue. I'm going to have to step down because this is not going to last. This is not built to last. Uh, nope, I don't think so. How about it? How about it? All right. Hey, we ready with that Dr. Oz stuff? Dr. Oz, man, I hope he becomes the senator from Pennsylvania. You guys listening in Pennsylvania? Dr. Oz is a wonderful human being. Now, I have had many interactions with him over the years. I have seen him in all kinds of different scenarios. He is... I've always been in awe of these people, somebody who can be so great in one field like medicine and then be so great in another field, like for him, television. It's amazing how he's mastered both. Um, Generous. And this is the kind of person, this is the high quality person with skills to deliver these things I think will translate uh, and the American people can benefit. He's, He's got world class talent in something other than politics. What does Joe Biden have talent in? Well, quite frankly, zero. But what has he tried to do for all these years? Get other people to vote for him. And how do you do that? You take money from them, and you say things they want to hear, and you do favors for people. That's it. That's about as deep as it gets. And Joe Biden, <laughs> you know, how many, guess how many people voted for him in his last election for the United States Senate? Guess, guess, guess. 120,000. Thanks a lot, Delaware. Be right back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. One other thing about guys like Oz, they have talent, just like Donald Trump had talent. He knew something other than politics. Other than asking people for money, other than uh, asking people for favors and occasionally doing favors, saying whatever people want to hear, the guy actually had talent and he actually wanted to get something done as opposed to being somebody, being a big shot. And you can look it up. Joe Biden just wanted to be important his whole life. He wanted to be important. It's actually an amazing moment in his own memoir. 
You know those books you think, well, somebody else writes them. No. They, 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 the author talks to the official author. The ghostwriter talks to the guy who's supposed to be writing the book, and they talk to them, and they put it all down there. And there aren't that many editors who are going to change the story around. So Joe Biden goes to uh, – how does it go again? Uh, he's talking to Hunter when Hunter's like eight years old, and he says, son, what do you want to be when you grow up? And Hunter says, I want to be important. Uh, now, what do you say when your son says that or daughter? I want to be important. Well, what do you mean by that? I mean, what is importance to you? Uh, does that mean being recognized? So you're just saying you want to be famous? Well, what do you think is going to achieve fame? What is that all about? Is that really a worthy goal to be important? I think that's a real conversation starter, don't you? You want to be important in the eyes of the world? Where does that get you? Uh, what's that all about? Somebody told me you know, they want to be important. I'm like, I, that's not a good – I don't get a good feeling from that. I want to know a little bit more about what's going on. So you're looking for praise, but you're not really thinking about what you want to do to get that praise. It's not about that. It's about making a contribution. It's about it's about something deeper than being important, I think, which is a code for being famous or something. Anyway, so what did Joe say in his own memoir? Uh, Hunter, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be important. I know what you mean. And then the chapter ends. <laughs> I know what you mean. And you can look it up. It's uh, that's that 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 was Joe's kind of guiding light to be important someday, not to get things done for Delawareans, not to get things done for you or me, but to be important. Congratulations, Joe. You did it. Oh, newsflash. I mean, literally a newsflash. Joe Biden went to Capitol Hill to push voting rights. I mean, they're all breaking news, breaking news. Joe Biden's on Capitol Hill to talk to senators. Isn't that like just the function out? Isn't that just like the daily work of a president? Do we have to bang the gong and, you know, make the uh, the bells go off on all these stations? Breaking news. The president is on Capitol Hill. That's where I expect him to be. That's like half the, 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 the one third of the government is up there. Why wouldn't he be there? And sometimes they go to the White House back and forth. The news is so silly. Possibly the silliest of them all these days is its probably not even worth bringing up because nobody watches it. The CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. I'm going to skip that for now and tell you about something much more serious, I believe. You notice that um, if I ask you what's your favorite movie, first of all, if you ask anybody under the age of 30, they're going to look at you like you're crazy, like what's a movie? They don't care about movies anymore. They care about their shows. They care about their HBO Max. They care about uh, TikTok videos. The idea of watching two people, three people, a cast of, God forbid, white people talk to each other about ideas. That's about as square as you can get. Two hours long. Who's got that? Who's got it? Who's got time for that? Attention span. Boring. You know, by their book, uh, Kramer versus Kramer is the worst movie ever made. Just a bunch of white people talking. The Verdict with Paul Newman, terrible movie. They treated the African-American actor with disrespect. Actually, no, they didn't. He was a fine man and had great insight. What else? Rocky. They would never make Rocky, I'm told, because Apollo Creed, in the shorthand of Hollywood, played the bad guy. Well, Apollo Creed, portrayed by Carl Weathers, was one of the most incredible performances I've ever seen on screen, including, by the way, his, uh, his staff. His coach, his ringman, they were all fantastic. 
You know that movie got made because of the hard work of Sylvester Stallone. He had a dream. He wrote that script. He slaved away, worked all kinds of odd jobs, was on the edge of poverty, basically going from flop house to flop house, working at night, auditioning by day. He gets turned down for an audition. He mentions as an aside, you know, I'm a writer too, and they call him back, really, what did you write? And they looked at the Rocky script. They were intrigued, blood, sweat, tears. They didn't just give him that role because he's a white guy. That's what, uh, that's what a big chunk of society wants us to think about our, our history, about where we came from and who we are. Do you happen to be white? I happen to be white. I don't think any – the only white <laughs> – there was once a guy, not going to name his name because I think he might still work where, at a company where I worked, but he was white, Catholic, and Irish, and everything that I am, and he was <laughs> – he was a – he was an enemy. He let everybody know he couldn't stand me. Oh, boy. And he tormented me. You know, white guys are not friendly with white guys just because they're white guys. It's a lonely world, unfortunately. It doesn't have to be. That's why I could sit back and be mystified. What did I ever do to this guy? But it's been happening for a long time. People are getting more and more siloed. It started many decades ago. There was a book called... Uh, I don't want to go all academic, but uh, there was some guy from Harvard named Professor Putnam, and he wrote a book in the late 80s called Bowling Alone. You know, there used to be a day, like in the Honeymooners, remember? Ralph and uh, Ed, all they wanted to do was bowl. <laughs> they, 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 they wanted to bowl and shoot pool with their friends. You hang out with your friends these days if you're older than 22? You're at home on a phone. It's, a dark, it's become a dark life. It doesn't have to be. As a matter of fact, I know the way to ultimate peace, tranquility, and light. And I must say, even though I have my bad moments, I have far more fantastic. Now, who the hell is calling me in the middle of the show? He knows better. What's up? Are you okay? Look. All right. It's fine. It was the boss from the other show. I just had to make sure he was okay. He knows I'm on radio right now, and I could just tell by the tone of his voice. He was like, everything was fine. So I hung up on him. Sorry about that. <clears throat> Remember when Rudy Giuliani was running for president and in the middle of the speech he took a phone call from uh, from somebody? Uh, people didn't like that. So I only took it because I thought it might be an emergency. Now, going back to Ralph and uh, Ed, those guys were fantastic. There was camaraderie. There was friendship. Oh, and the way to peace, light, and tranquility is the Bible. It really is. They touched upon that every now and then in The Honeymooners. Oh, there was a great lost episode I found. So here's the deal. <clears throat> um, Ralph and Ed, for whatever reason, are campaigning their asses off, excuse me, for some guy running for the assembly named Pemrose. And they love this guy named Pemrose, and they're campaigning left and right, and they're working really hard for him. Now, Alice wants to vote for Harper. But uh, here's Jackie Gleason, and uh, <laughs> they just got got back from a rally, and it's time to vote. All right, it's Ralph and Ed. Ed's wearing an Uncle Sam suit. That's how carried away he is with the electioneering and the fanfare and the rallies. Listen to what happens. Cut 46. Well, come on, pal. Run upstairs, get dressed. We'll go right down to the polls and vote. Well, I'd vote. I'm not going to vote. Vote. <laughs> what do you mean you're not going to vote? Not you're gonna... not going to vote? What were you in the parades and the rallies for? 
Well, a parade and a rally, that's a lot of fun, but getting all dressed up in your good clothes going down to the polls and vote, that's too much trouble. <laughs> and it goes on, like, Ralph's like, are you, do you mean to tell me that after the pilgrims came all the way over here and that they were fighting the Indians and freezing weather and everything like that just so you could vote, you're not going to vote? So, well, if they, if they could have seen me, they would have saved themselves the trip. Much funnier when they did it. Also, uh, all that all that hubbub about the election, even back then in the 1950s, you didn't just roll out of bed and show up at the uh, at the polling booth. You know, you had to do certain things. They want to make it so ridiculously over-the-top easy to vote. Like, you shouldn't have to lift a finger. Maybe they'll do it for you. Hmm? But for most of our history, we've figured out how to vote and that requires citizenship and registration registering to vote and that's what ralph forgot cut 47 would you believe this she forgot to register oh imagine anybody forgetting to register (laughs) (laughs) ralph's eyes are popping out of his head I can't go. Why not? Well, I'm so busy with the campaigns and getting in the parades and everything, I forgot to register. (laughs) Poor Ralph. Then he's got to apologize to uh, Alice because he's just berated her for 20 minutes for voting for Harper. Love that show. I love it so much that um, I've actually been to Jackie Gleason's house, as Gail up in Cortland Manor knows. He used to live in a fancy modern house back in the 50s called the Round House. It's still there. I uh, snuck up the driveway once and uh, got a look at it, then got scared and drove off, but... uh, where else? Oh, 327 Chauncey Street, where Jackie Gleason grew up. That's uh, that's there. I've been there. I've actually been to the house where he died in Lauderdale, not Fort Lauderdale, Lauderdale, Florida. Uh, that was something. I also had to sneak my way uh, there because it was a gated community. I've been to the Park Central Hotel. That's where, what's his name, uh, Jackie Gleason had Jackie Gleason Enterprise. I've been to the Warwick Hotel. That's where Art Carney used to... Um, well, he used to sleep it off. Art Carney had a big-time drinking problem, which is fascinating to me. Uh, and, of course, the Hilton Hotel, which is where the Adelphi Theater used to be. Uh, no trace of it anymore. Gosh, what a fit. It's a perfect It's perfect television. It's just perfect. Uh, there was one other thing about that. Um, it reminds me, by the way, Jackie Gleason, a great actor. You know who else has acting in him? He's actually a very talented guy, Ted Cruz. He told me once that he wanted to be an actor. He thought about it very seriously. He's a great big movie buff. His favorite movie is uh, The Godfather. And sometimes you can see the theatrical ability in Ted Cruz when he's uh, at those committee hearings. And he was great the other day. He ripped into two officials, one from the Department of Justice and one from the FBI. You know, the way they've treated those arrested for January 6th activities or lack thereof because there are people in custody who didn't hurt anybody, didn't break anything, 
We've got political prisoners. Vladimir Putin knows uh, all about that. And now he's holding that against us, that we have political prisoners in America. So here's Ted Cruz asking some pretty basic, what should be answerable questions of a uh, the deputy in charge of the Justice Department. Cut 42. How many people have been charged with crimes of violence in connection with the events on January 6th? Senator, I'm not sure exactly how many uh, have been charged with crimes of violence. I know that there are many. How how many have been charged with nonviolent crimes? I don't have the numbers of people charged, whether at the state or federal level. I know that how many people are currently incarcerated concerning the events of January 6th? I don't know the number of people incarcerated. Again, I know that. I, I how do many? Have... Pe- okay, let me ask you that. Look, we have limited time, so I don't want you to filibuster. You either know the answer or you don't. How many people have been placed in solitary confinement concerning the events of January 6th? I don't have any information about that, Senator. How the hell could he not know those basic facts? And you could say, well, wait a second. That's number. You're supposed to know that stuff. You want to know why Ray Kelly was considered one of the best commissioner, the best commissioner ever? He knew everything all the time. He knew what he was supposed to know all the time. Beyond integrity, beyond innovation, he also knew his stuff. It takes work. I don't have that information for you at this specific time. Why the hell not? And by the way, in a weird way, I feel relieved because from time to time, we've been covering these guys. When we want to find out how many people are in prison, they made it very, very difficult to determine that. I'm talking about the January 6th detainees. How many are actually in federal custody? It's hard to find out, and that's the way they want it. Very sneaky people. I never thought I'd feel this way about the government. I love America. Not so much the government. I'll be right back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. I brought up movies before, some of the movies I like, people talking, not too many special effects, classic movies that uh, may or may not have a lot of people of color. It just wasn't a thing. We didn't really think about it that much. All right. I I thought movies were for everybody. Everybody loved Rocky, right? I mean, who didn't love Rocky? Who didn't love Rocky Three, Mr. T? That was awesome. Awesome stuff. Well, things are changing rapidly. They've already they already have. Uh, let me read this to you from the UK. Actually, it's from two guys who got together. They don't like the system in Hollywood. Peter Kiefer and Peter Savodnik. Uh, let's see. It goes like this. A few years ago, the editor-in-chief for The Hollywood Reporter pitched a story to the newsroom. He had just come back from a lunch with a well-known agent who had suggested the paper take a look at the unintended consequences of Hollywood's efforts to diversify. Those white men who had spent decades writing scripts which had been turned into blockbuster movies and hit television shows were no longer getting hired. The newsroom blew up. The reporters, especially the younger ones, mocked the idea that white men were on the outs. The editor-in-chief, normally self-assured, immediately backtracked. He looked rattled. It was a missed opportunity. The story wasn't about white guys not getting jobs, nor was it really about the economics of Hollywood. It was about the stories Hollywood told and distributed and streamed on screens around the globe every day. It was about this massively lucrative industry that had been birthed by outsiders and emerged out of Levin Groves into a glamorous, glitzy mosh pit teeming with chutzpah and broken hearts and unbelievable success stories that had made the American dream a real, pulsating thing for Americans and billions of other people who thought that if you could imagine something, anything you could, 
You could will it into being. It was a story about who we aspire to be. After the meeting, a reporter approached another editor about pursuing it. The editor told the reporter to drop it. No one, he said, at the Hollywood Reporter, one of a handful of trade publications that covers the ins and outs of the entertainment industry, was going to risk blowing up their career over this. The explosion of woke, as one longtime producer put it, didn't come out of nowhere. Uh, they talk about the history of Hollywood, blah, blah, blah. Going to skip that, going to skip that. And then uh, it wasn't until 2015 when Oscars So White controversy engulfed the 87th Academy Awards. Remember that? There were too many white people at the Academy Awards, the, the sophisticated people said. So it was like a social media campaign, hashtag Oscars So White. But after that, studio chiefs and producers really started to rethink how they did business. This gained momentum in 2016 and even more in late 2017 with Me Too. Then came George Floyd, and in the summer of 2020, everything that had been happening in slow motion started to happen much faster. The Academy of Motion Pictures and Sciences, the industry's central nervous system, had been founded in 1927. And it had about 9,000 voting members. It had tried over the years, and especially since Donald Trump's election, to catch up with the zeitgeist, inviting into its ranks a record number of new members who were black, Latino, women, or foreign board. But that wasn't going to cut it any longer. So in September of 2020, the Academy launched its Representation and Inclusion Standards Entry Platform, or RAISE. For a movie to qualify for Best Picture, producers not only had to register detailed personal information about everyone involved in the making of that movie, but the movie had to meet two of the Academy's four diversity standards, touching on everything from on-screen representation to creative leadership. The Academy explained that movies failing to meet these standards would not be barred from qualifying for Best Picture until 2024. Would not be barred. Okay, so there's they're, they're letting people play some catch-up. Uh, let's see here. Ava DuVernay, she's kind of uh, the, new, the new dictator, woke champion. Privately, directors and writers voiced, voiced irritation that DuVernay, who they said had exploited the post-George Floyd movement, no one dared to criticize her openly. I'm not crazy, one screenwriter said. The heavy-handed mandates, the databases, the shifting culture in which pretty much all white men were assumed to have gotten their jobs because they had the right tennis buddies or zip code or skin color raised the possibility of a new kind of clubbiness. The result has not just been a demographic change. It has been an ideological and cultural transformation. They spoke to 25 writers about this and producers. Now, the best way to defend yourself against the woke is to outwoke everyone, including the woke. Suddenly, every conversation with every agent or head of content started with, is anyone black? It... What does BIPOC stand for? Black, person of color, indigenous. Is that what it is? Black, indigenous, or a person of color. Okay, that, that covers the gamut. The old-timers accustomed to being on the inside the non-BIPOC up-and-comers, afraid they'd never get there, were partly confused, partly angry, and mostly scared. Everyone has been so underground with their true feelings about this, said Mike White, the writer and director behind the hit HBO comedy drama The White Lotus. 
if you voice things in a certain way, it can really have negative repercussions for you. And people can presume that you could be racist or you could be seen as misogynist. Now, a guy named Howard Koch, who has been involved in the production of more than 60 movies, including such classics as Chinatown and Marathon Man, great movies, former president of the Academy of Motion Pictures and Arts and Sciences, said, I'm all for LGBT, LGBT and Native Americans, blacks, females, whatever, minorities have been not served correctly in the making of content, whether it's television or movies or whatever, but I think it's gone too far. I know a lot of very talented people that can't get work because they're not black, Native American, female, or LGBTQ. Now, you could think for a moment, oh, well, this is just Hollywood. This doesn't affect me. You're damn right it does. You start there, and then it, you probably have seen this. You have. You can see this kind of crap at the trucking depot. You can see this at the bus depot. You can see this at the shopping center. You can see this anywhere. Uh, it's kind of depressing. And by the way, the stuff that they're making now stinks. Everybody knows that. It's all designed for 17-year-old kids in China. Big monsters fighting each other and special effects. It's no good anymore. It's just no good. One showrunner, afraid to send emails to us out of fear of them accidentally winding up on the, the wrong screen, agreed to show us his correspondence with agents, writers, and studio chiefs. And uh, he shows them all this stuff where everybody is like, uh, this one is a dead end. They are going to limit search to women and black, indigenous, or people of color candidates. BIPOC. How t- just goes on and on like this. Orange is the new, I don't know, I don't know. Gonna... Stella in Westchester, hi. Hey, Greg. Just a couple of things. First of all, I'm listening as, um, you know, I'm holding on. I do agree with you on everything you said before about how this world is just becoming so dark. I mean, you know, kids today would rather be on their phones or their computers instead of with real people, you know. So I totally agree with you on that. In fact, I agree with you on just about everything. You're very honest, and I I love that. You're a realist, and I, you know, I'm one myself, so I get you. Um, So I wanted to tell you that, but I also... (laughs) I was chuckling before. I want to reassure you, I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm almost sure I'm not, that your building is not going to fall down. That clanging and banging in your pipes, it's not the building like that woman thought. It's your pipes that are banging and clanging. It's just the steam heat. It's just air in the pipes. And why I know is because my parents had an old house. We lived there in the 70s, and it was built like 1900, and they had steam heat. And I remember the cl- the banging and clanging of the pipes. And uh, our good friend was a plumber, and he came over. He just, you know, took the air out of the pipes, and uh, that was it. But it's not dangerous. It's just a uh, noisy, but it's just uh, the air that's in the pipes. I know. Look, I know it's not going to fall down, but look, no. I know what I know what clanging pipes sounds like. Exactly. This is not. But this is this is not that. It's more of a rumble. It's more of a soft rumble. And it, it it lasts all day and all night. I mean, I know steam comes through there and bang, you know. They, yeah. But I, I've heard that. But this is different. It could be just uh, pipes that are further away from me. I don't know what's going on. But Stella, thank you for your concern. <laughs> I really wasn't too worried about the building going down. But uh, she did kind of say it in such a serious way that it did yeah, give me pause. Yeah, that's why I said, oh, my God, this yeah. poor man's going to go home <laughs> and say, you know. Let's get the kids out of here and let's move somewhere else. You but are no. so kind. All right. Well, stay put, Stella. Thank you so much. And, hey, one more. We've got uh, Ernesto in Jersey City. Yes, sir. 
Hey, Greg, how you doing? My name is Ernesto, and I'm, uh, I can talk about a, a lot of different things. I just wanted to get on the radio. I can riff about wokeness and uh, uh, marginalized people. All right, well, you're on the radio, so riff away. What's on your mind? Well, I happen to be Latino, and I uh, love soccer, and uh, that's, a, that's a sport that has been marginalized and uh, and uh, Marginalized? Maligned. Marginalized? Yeah. That World Cup? We had the ticker tape parade for those chicks? Marginalized? I mean, mar- really? marginalized? It's the most popular sport it, in the world. It stinks, by the way, Ernesto. The, the, the field what? is too big, and everyone it's just like a big, long stalemate, a big, long chase the ball, especially uh, when the girls play because they're too small and the field is too big. You've got to learn how to appreciate the game. No, I don't. Why not? I mean, I, I, I don't care to. I don't like it. Ah, there you go. But why don't you like it? But I mean, what, what, what? I, I, do you like uh, shuffleboard? No, because it's boring. Yeah, well, okay, well, well, why don't you like it? Maybe you should go. Why don't you go study it and like it? I mean, these are just things that look. There are millions of people who love soccer. You guys don't need me. No, we needed more. We needed more. No, needed no, more. no, no, no. You don't. Listen, check out the Over Under Initiative by Kyle Martino. He's a New Yorker, and he's doing great things. For the sport, for street soccer in general. You shouldn't play soccer in the street. You should play it on the grass. No, you can play it on a basketball court beneath the basketball court. No, those kids are going to skin their knees. I did play soccer as a kid. I did not care. Puffle them up. Make them lose weight. Get them in shape. (laughs) Well, yeah, I know. But I think it's better if you play basketball on the basketball court and soccer on the field, on the grass. Get the same space. You put all you have to do is put a little uh, soccer goal. Well, listen, I don't want to tell you about soccer, but the soccer field is a lot bigger than a basketball court. Well, but you can play uh, street soccer and a basketball court. It's exactly the same thing. It's Never seen it. Soccer. Although you know what I have seen is you know where you can catch a game, and uh, and the on the court on Houston Street and Sixth uh, Avenue. They all right. There. Check out streetfc.com. No, wait a second. That's the cages. That's where they play the. That's where they play the legendary basketball games. Nobody wants well, to. Well, it's a block away. It's a block yeah. away. All right, Ernesto, uh, I, uh, I'll be sure to check that. I appreciate it, pal. Thanks for calling. Call back. I do have to take a quick break. Thank you, sir. Be right back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. So the most powerful woman right now in Hollywood is uh, Ava DuVernay. Very nice person. Terrible filmmaker. I mean, so bad. Now, she happens to be black, which is in a woman, which is like, I don't know what her sexuality is, but whatever, you know, she is the it woman. I think she's got, she signed a deal worth over a billion dollars. It's crazy money. But I've watched or I've tried to watch a couple of her projects and uh, didn't make it very far. I think the worst and they said it was the best. Whenever Hollywood tells you something is good, you know it's probably bad. It was that Netflix special came out about two years ago, When They See Park Five, and this phony baloney nonsense about how those guys were uh, innocents and goody two-shoes and framed by the cops. Uh-uh. Those guys were guilty as hell. The Central Park Five. A great, big, fat lie has been told to you by so many people about that case. People who don't understand what the hell they're talking about. They don't understand the first thing. They don't know any of the facts. And I can tell you that that woman, Patricia Mealy, 
the 28-year-old Central Park jogger, she came forward, I think about seven years ago, identified herself. For many years, we did not know her name. Uh, she's not convinced. Now, she can't remember much. But the doctors who treated her, they know it wasn't one guy. The cops who responded, they know it wasn't one guy. And the people they arrested, they admitted to it. Oh, that's a false confession, and that's been documented by psychologists. The power of suggest. Shut up. Watch the confessions. Watch them online. Watch Corey Wise say that he's sorry. This is the first woman he's raped, and he will never do it again. Now, you tell me they suggested that to him. We had some heroes involved in that case. We had Elizabeth Letterer, assistant district attorney. We had Linda Fairstein, the chief of the sex crimes unit, for many years, a defender of women. Uh, she went after those who victimized them, especially cases of domestic violence, sex crimes. She is a champion of women, and they made her look like a criminal. Netflix did, and a bigot. She's not those things. What a crime. What a, another example of how twisted and warped our society has become, where they celebrate criminals like the Central Park Five and demonize the crime fighters like Linda, like Elizabeth Letterer. It's just incredible. I believe there is a lawsuit that's making its way through the system, and I hope they're successful. I really, really do. You got to look it up. And, you know, you will really make people angry when you start saying that. They just get so angry. They don't know anything. Even, uh, what's his name, Van Jones, Mr. Civility himself. You know who Van Jones is, right? He got fired by the Obama administration because he was too crazy. Uh, he yells at people. He calls uh, Republicans a-holes, uh, shouts down anybody who disagrees with him about the Central Park Five. Yet Jeff Bezos gives him $100 million for being civil. He got a civility award. With a $100 million check. Anyway, I've seen him lose his mind, but he doesn't know the first thing about that case either. He doesn't know, as I know, as is in the public record, that prosecutors acknowledge that there was another attacker whose DNA was present, but they did not have him in custody. They don't know. They just they indicted the DNA, but they never indicted a person. DNA technology, by the way, wasn't what it was, wasn't what it is today. You can look. They said, oh, they didn't. They all contradicted themselves about where they were in the park. Some people said it was this part of the park. Some people said it was that part of the park. Have you ever been in the park, period? It's, it's, I don't know where I am in the park. I just look at the buildings on the other side and walk toward them. I don't know. I've been going to the park all my life. I still don't know my way around the park. I don't know. Once I, once I go 20 feet into the park, I really don't know where I am. And you got to use the building. So it's very subjective. Anyway, there are a million things we could talk about it. But that show, uh, so woke content not only means politically correct content, it often means bad content. And that show is just bad. Oh, speaking of bad, CBS News with Nora O'Donnell. Um, this is, uh, why do they write about this in the New York Post? They did like 2,000 words about the... Uh, Possible changes on the Nora O'Donnell show. 
Good evening, and thank you for joining us. We are covering a number of big stories, and tonight I should let you know I'm joining you from a remote studio after coming in contact with someone who tested positive for COVID. And like many of you have had to do over the last couple of years, I am working remotely. But the top headline tonight is the breathtaking rise of inflation. That's a lot of a lot of words and not a lot of content. Uh, just a lot of setup. We are working on many big stories for you tonight. But first, I will tell you that I am working in a new studio, a remote studio. And I am here in this remote studio because I have recently come into contact with somebody with COVID. Um, and I'm working remotely. Hey, uh, who cares, by the way, where you are? She's not COVID positive. Just say it. Inflation. We're about to tell you the news, and the news is inflation. Just say inflation. So the New York Post, for whatever reason, I guess CBS is leaking left and right. Nobody really cares who anchors that show since Walter Cronkite left. Maybe Dan Rather. After that, no one really kept track or cared particularly. When's the last time you watched one of those big shows? ABC, NBC. Oh, I told you this. Uh, It's not a big deal, although it kind of is. So... Stacey Abrams did not go with Joe Biden to that big speech in Georgia. Stacey Abrams is running for governor in Georgia. And um, that's like a political story, kind of, right? That's like, uh, you know, the, the political journalists love that kind of stuff. Hey, where's that part from NBC News? Do you have that when the guy talks about it for two seconds? Had it in the show last night. Let me see here. Biden, 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 ABC News. Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz, Biden 2020, the honeymoon, the honeymoon, Rand Paul. I don't think you guys cut all that. Anyway, they talked about it for two seconds. ABC and CBS totally ignored it altogether. How about the stuff on Glenn Youngkin? Do you have Glenn Youngkin? Let's see here. No, but, you know, wait, wait. Got the Glenn Youngkin stuff? It's coming. In the meantime, David, I'm going to talk to you for a moment. Hi. Greg, you know, you mentioned the LGBTQ and the influence in the community, and everybody says, oh, well, it's cool. You don't want to be a homophobic. But let's look at what LGBTQ is. It's a community. It's a community of LGBTQ plus, and the plus is 850 other gender perversions. Hey, David, hold on one second. Hold on one second. Just I'm going to put you on hold. I got to I got to get this out of the way. All right. So Glenn Youngkin. All right. Remember, he didn't want to be seen with Trump. And just like Stacey Abrams didn't want to be seen with uh, Joe Biden. And they never let you know the end of it. They never mentioned it with Joe Biden, Stacey Abrams. But here's a sample of how they just beat up Glenn Youngkin all the time with where's Trump? Where's Trump? Cut 40. Youngkin didn't want to campaign with Trump. You could take the lesson. OK, Youngkin didn't want to appear in person with Trump. Glenn Youngkin and uh, Cittarelli in, in, in New Jersey, in both cases, were, were actively working to avoid most of the Trump stink. Will no. Trump actually take the fact that we all know that the only reason Youngkin won was because he didn't want to be seen with Donald Trump? The one person I didn't hear Glenn Youngkin thank tonight was Donald Trump, which was not an accident. That was by design. Glenn Youngkin didn't share a stage with Donald Trump. That was by design. Oh, Trump's at arm's length, arm length. There's Trump. Yeah. He didn't want to embrace Donald Trump. Not at all. This sometimes happens in politics. Whatever reason, you don't want to be with the president or you do want to be with the president. You see what they did with Glenn Youngkin, right? Uh, Donald Trump. And by the way, so uh, Joe Biden and again, uh, the Stacey Abrams. She's hard to miss, by the way. 
Not a word. Not a word. All right. Sorry, David. You were saying about LGBTQ+. plus. What's the plus for? Well, the plus is 850 other sexual identity perversions. So it's everything under the sun except heterosexual male. It's a community of everything except heterosexual males. Now we're going to push it everywhere in Hollywood, education. The, the whole point of LGBTQ woke is to turn your boy into a girl. All right, hold on one second. I got to say one thing. I got to say one thing, pal. I am not look, oh shoot. I don't I don't like getting into this, but I'm not I'm not I'm not going to stand here and point to somebody who's gay and say it's a perversion. I just can't do that. I'm not going to call a lesbian a a pervert just because they're a lesbian. I just can't I can't do that. I do think the LGBTQ agenda is a little bit radical when you put it all together, but I just don't. Uh, yeah, the gender identities. Though, That's all crap. Are, I don't like all that stuff. You're right. They're trying that to redesign is everybody. That, that stuff. Is right. I, I do agree. I think the uh, the emphasis on uh, yeah, if you want, if you're a boy and you want to be a girl, and that that how they're facilitating that and how they're encouraging that even among children. Yes, that's a perversion. But I just had to make that distinction. I'm not going to – I just don't feel comfortable saying – and, Dave, thanks for clarifying. Hey, Dave, what else is going on in L.A. right now? Nothing but wokeism. Nothing but wokeism. And if you say anything, then you're a bad person. The country's being taken from us. Everybody has to be kind. So what that means is if a homeless tent encampment pops up in front of your house and you can't walk out your front door in the morning – be kind. Don't say anything. You can crawl out the back window. So this is how we're losing the country by standards being reduced. All right. And uh, and Greg, finally, that Kamala Harris allegations you're saying, that's quite a bombshell. I'm very interested to look to see what happens. You know, eventually there could be some leaks on that that would force her to have to go to rehab and step down. It's coming. It's coming. That. That's going to be the reason. That's going to be the reason, David. Thank you very much. Hey, Nick in New Jersey, what's up? How are you, Greg? You're doing a great job there. Um, I just want to say that um, I think you were a little mistaken with uh, Neil Armstrong's uh, comment on the moon. He was on Barbara Walters once, and he clarified No, I it. know what you're saying. I know what you're about to say. He said that's one small step for a man. That's one giant leap for mankind. And the only thing, no. on the, the only thing, excuse me, the only thing on the tape is one small step for man. Now, what are you no, saying that he said on Barbara Walters? What? I'm, I'm Barbara Walters. He said it was one small step for man. One giant leap for Manny Klein. And she says, who's Manny Klein? He said, that was my next door neighbor. No, 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 no. I know that. I know that. I know that. I know that story. And it's apocryphal. It's not true. It's uh, no. Uh, The whole thing about, I guess, I will do this. You're talking about the husband and wife who lived next door to uh, Neil Armstrong when he was a kid, right? I'm going to tone it down. I had a girlfriend. He wanted to fool around with her. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Right. (laughs) I, I admit, Nick, that's not what he said. Uh, no, I know that. I'm oh, trying right, to make. Right. You're just I'm being a wise. Leave the Weisenheimer to me, well. Nick. I'm uh, being a wise. I'm, you know, I was thinking of uh, Ed Norton. You know, the Weisenheimer. But anyway, isn't but, he uh, great? Right. Isn't he great? Gosh Almighty! That I haven't seen a honeymooners in a while now. They took him off of YouTube. Uh, you know what? Nobody has DVD players anymore. So yeah. uh, it's like it's it's not as easy. And I missed it on uh, New Year's. Did they play the New Year's on Channel 11? Did they play it? They did, huh? Uh, and, did, huh? uh, that's what my pal here says. All right, Nick, thank you very much. I got to take a quick break. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. All right, wait a second. I'm trying to decipher what the Supreme Court just ruled. 
looks like Supreme Court blocks the mandate, the vaccine mandate, as instituted by OSHA for large businesses, businesses of 100 or more employees. You do not have to undergo that ridiculous testing slash vaccination plan. That has been, I can't tell if it's been stayed or what, if they're going to rule in more detail later. But the court is also letting stand the mandate for most healthcare workers. So if you're a healthcare worker, you got to get it. But if you work for a firm, a private firm of 100 employees or more, and you don't want to get it, uh, you don't have to get it. I think that's what they're saying. Remember, Joe Biden said that they were going to mandate it. Or, by the way, you'd have to undergo the testing. All of it goes away, the testing and the vaccination. That is up to us. And so far, so good. Oh, and here's another here's another sign that we're making progress. I see I see it's breaking news on Fox and MSNBC is just talking about Prince Andrew. Breaking news. Prince Andrew stripped of military duties and royal title. So what? <laughs> I thought he, that guy got in trouble like a year ago. New York one. Ronnie Spector is still dead. But this is big. All right. The Supreme Court. God bless that Supreme Court. God bless our founding fathers. Supreme Court deals blow to Biden mandate. Now, we were very hopeful. I thought it was going to go in this direction a couple of weeks ago. The Circuit Court of Appeals, the one based in Louisiana, I think that's the sixth, maybe the fifth. I'm not sure. But they looked at it and I think uh, it was like two to one or three to two. They said, uh, yeah, we're going to stay this thing because it doesn't add up. There are too many inconsistencies. OSHA, with their emergency authority, doesn't doesn't come close to a national mandate. That's for other far narrower matters. You don't issue a vaccine mandate. Uh, you don't put chemicals in every single American's body. Because of something that OSHA, OSHA, the Occupational Safety Health Act Administration, whatever, OSHA, you get the hell out of here, OSHA. If you want, you 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 tell us how tight the uh, banister has to be, how high the banister has to be from the stairs at work. Focus on that kind of stuff. You're not going to go inside my body and ask me questions about what's happening there. Okay, okay. And uh, I'm glad the Supreme Court saw it that way. That's big news. That's good stuff. Got to totally throw out the plan for tonight's show, but that's okay. That's okay. All right. Uh, some folks have been on uh, the line here for a bit. Uh, very quickly, if you don't mind. Uh, Eugene, where are you, Eugene? Hi. Yes. Um, well, good afternoon. Um, uh, I, I need some I need some, a little practice. That's why I got on the phone with you. You, you were speaking about the honeymooners. And I like kind of got, I'm not putting on an actor, but I kind of kind of like um, on the honeymoons when Ralph he had to get on the air about uh, the kitchen utility. Chef of the future, a, yeah. A, a chef of the future, there you go. Humming, humming, humming. What well, about you know, it? It's, it's my no, it's my first time talking. I know something about it. You could ask me whatever you want. I want to get into. It. I need a little practice. I'm new at this, and uh, I never spoke to you before. Um, and uh, whatever, something like that, you know. I mean, I've spoken before to people on the air before, but, uh, you know, I also get like Horshack and what is it that, uh, welcome back, Carter, after the fact of the matter. 
you know, so I'm recovering from some issues, so I'm getting practice on my sociology skills. There you go. Well, good luck, Eugene. You you, you want to know anything about anything? Give, give me a... Uh, I'll get right back to you on that. I will. I will. I absolutely okay. will get back to you. Thank you, Eugene. Call anytime. Thank you. Very quickly, we've got uh, Louie in Coney Island. Louie. Hey, how you doing, Greg? Good stuff today. About 30 years ago, I caught a homicide on at 324 Chauncey Street, and I'm doing a canvas, and guess what? I walked into Jackie Gleason's apartment, which was occupied by a Haitian family, and I sat down. I had a long time. Wait, hold on a second. You know, it's 327. It's 327 Chauncey Street, not 324. But I was across, I was across the street. The, the homicide was across the street, and I was doing a canvas. Wow. I walked into 327. We did a canvas. And his, his, uh, I'd love to do that myself. Right I'm going to knock on that door someday. I don't know if I can. I'm not a cop. It's not a canvas. But I love that. Brooklyn, I'll talk to you tomorrow. The same for the rest of you. Thank you. I'll see you tonight on Newsmax at 7 o'clock. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.